Hello, and welcome to the Talking Michigan Transportation Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Cranson. Community leaders advocating for improvements at an important interchange in West Michigan, Fruit Ridge Avenue and I-96, received some very good news recently when the legislature approved funds for the project. First, I'll be speaking with an MDOT engineer who has been thinking about and planning for this project for some time. Later, we'll hear from State Representative Carol Glanville, who played a key role in securing the funds. So Eric Kind is the Grand Region Engineer for the Department of Transportation here in Michigan, and that means that he's in charge of uh, the counties that include the city of Grand Rapids, uh, cities of Muskegon, Grand Rapids, suburban communities, Walker, Wyoming, Kentwood, uh, really the West Michigan Population Center. And he's been uh, one way or another in in one job uh, that led to this job, been thinking about the Fruit Ridge Avenue interchange on I-96, very important to both the movement of agricultural products and commercial products, and certainly the industries in the city of Walker uh, for, for many years. So, Eric, we got some really good news this week, uh, came a, a little bit out of uh out of left field, but it's a great surprise uh, that the state has put $25 million uh, into a supplemental appropriation that'll help get this project going. Um, talk about what it takes to, to, why it takes so long, I guess, to, to do this kind of thing when you know that uh, that interchange is functionally obsolete and you know has needed upgrading for some time. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. I appreciate the opportunity to join your uh, great, you know, show here and everything. Hopefully, I don't negatively impact your uh, listeners and everything by having me on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with that said, though, yeah, yeah, no, uh, exciting news here. Uh, whoever said uh, Fridays are a slow day and everything, it's really actually become, you know, the busiest day. Um, yeah, these these type of things I, take time, and with that. You know, uh, it it goes really to the partnerships and the collaborations that, you know, you invest in with uh, uh, people, of the, you know, city of Walker, you know, legislator, you know, other community members and everything just to talk about uh, these type of things. And I, I kind of look at it like uh, everyone, you know, is really starting to understand, you know, MDOT and the asset management that we do. But um, when you have uh, hot spots, they don't necessarily always agree or appreciate the uh, asset management. And uh, this one in particular, Fruit Ridge, really the conversation started, you know, back, you know, uh, late 90s, you know, when uh, we started trying to optimize that area with the existing two lane bridge. You know, we did some ramp work trying to move things around and uh, try to you know improve operations the best we can without you know widening the two-lane bridge and you know that seemed to work years you know agricultural you know kind of now changed into you know other industries manufacturing north of there you know really uh, started to get on you know the city's radar in you know attracting businesses and expanding businesses uh, mid. 2000s, you know, the Walker over uh, 96 bridge, you know, through collaboration with, you know, uh, City of Walker, 
uh, additional funding, you know, Kent County Road Commission, you know, that that bridge was widened and everything. And so, you know, here you're on one end of, you know, the spectrum and you have this old two lane bridge on the other end and uh, kind of to balance things out, the focus shifted to this bridge again. You know, how can we, you know, uh, maximize and uh, adjust for the future. So the conversations have been going on and it really hasn't mattered what side of the aisle you're on. The West Michigan way is uh, collaborative and, you know, partnerships. So, you know, we've been in conversations with the, you know, Grand Rapids Chamber, the right place, you know, local officials, state, federal, trying to, again, optimize, maximize our limited preservation dollars so people could uh, learn to appreciate our asset management more. And uh, yeah, with the news there, with uh, this additional $25 million in the what looks to be the supplemental uh, bill, there's a lot of excitement and energy. So in talking with uh, Representative Carol Glanville, who represents that area and previously was a Walker City Commissioner, and she's been plugged into this for a long time and the need from both a, a commuter and an economic development standpoint to do that. Um, the city of Walker has been very aggressive over the years about developing industrial parks and and attracting businesses and and the 96 corridor, the access is is a huge factor in that. And obviously, uh, like you mentioned, those partnerships matter. But going back to that point about asset management and what you know, transportation officials uh, across the country and especially in states like Michigan that have been so underfunded in transportation for so many decades have had to focus on maintaining what they have and and extending the life of assets. So when you look at something like this, where you really do need something new, and we don't get to do new things very often, not nearly as as much as we probably need to, how does that get prioritized? You know, how do you decide um, we've got all these people with their hands up and all good projects, all good ideas, and there's only so many things we can do. How do you how do you balance that? It starts with the conversation and being open and honest. You know, in particular over here, you know, we've gone as far as it's a blessing and a curse, but you know, we have a top ten of number ones, and you know, we need to look at these things and prioritize, and maybe with doing so. Uh, you recognize, you know, these are the dollars that we have for it, but, you know, could we leverage other uh, dollars? And, you know, this particular area, you know, with the city of Walker, because they have been aggressive, but they've also always indicated they want to be at the table and help with, you know, the solution. And whether that is financial or making the connections and everything, Walker has always been a great partner with that. And we could, uh, you know, list a lot of other positive uh, outcomes with them. So, you know, that is where it started here. I want to say, you know, 2015, 16, I can't remember the specific year in terminology, but, you know, with the city of Walker, we started pursuing federal grants, you know, under the Tiger program, then build, you know, the infra and everything, looking to see what we could, you know, leverage with MDOT's limited uh, preservation dollars and the monies that the city could put forward and everything with the with the hope of getting enough money to have more than a preservation type project out there so with doing that you know we've 
taken other steps to kind of continue, you know, uh, pushing this location out where it made sense and everything. I try to say we want to be a part of the conversation. We don't, you know, want to become the conversation. And that's where we were headed you know, with Fruit Ridge, if we didn't have, uh, you know, some additional help with these dollars. So we don't know what the design will be right now. There's probably a, a couple of ideas that make sense. But in, in the end, you're going to have more. It's a two lane bridge now, the local road um, that crosses uh, 96. And it would be probably more like five lanes with a turning lane and also some pedestrian cycling multimodal access um, you know, what What would be the benefits of that you could incorporate in rebuilding this interchange? Well, you're absolutely right. You know, and I, I think for discussion purposes, yeah, everyone looked to Walker, said, oh, five lanes, non-motorized, and that needs to be here. And thus that have been having the conversation, whether it's, you know, the city or, you know, ourselves or a combination of that, we said, well, let's use that for a visual aid to, you know, set the, you know, the parameters on the big ask. But the realization is, you know, it could be somewhere, you know, less than that. But with doing this, it will address, you know, the pedestrian, the non-motorized and everything of which, if you go back to the you know the 90s when I said we did some of those uh, ramp realignments, it did nothing to the existing bridge. So even that work there, you know, worked on moving you know vehicular traffic you know different and reducing the pinch points, but it never did anything for getting pedestrians and you know bikes or whatever through the interchange you know from the south to the north or vice versa. So. That that is the other piece, you know, with you know this money and doing a complete refresh look at this location, you're getting into more all modes, not just vehicular. So, what else do you see? Uh, I mean, beyond the obvious safety and congestion benefits and economic development, you know, what else would you see are advantages of being able to finally rebuild this? A, a connection. And everything, like you said, is to uh, there you can see it's a pinch point in everything. There is non-motorized on the north side that you just can't get to. And like you said, is by opening this up, I I think it provides the redundancy and additional connectivity that is needed in this area of Walker. Yeah, I mean, the the growth continues, I think. it was announced in December that they're they're going to build a another 200,000 square foot industrial facility, you know, right there near the interchange. Obviously, the the high school isn't far away from there. A uh, number of businesses, small and medium and large, all nearby. So yeah, it makes sense in a lot of ways. So that's great. Now now a, a new uh, a new chapter begins in trying to make this a reality. No, that's exactly it. It's, you know, a lot of, you know, now, you know, excitement to those conversations that we all knew, you know, needed to happen. But, you know, uh, we're wearing out just looking at each other because neither one of us had the finances to do it, you know, uh, alone or together. So this is uh, definitely something that everyone's excited about. Well, I know you hate to be pinned down on this, but late January 2023, what's your uh, what's your optimistic 
timeline? You know, optimistic timeline, you know, uh, I like to say, you know, some point uh, 24 into 25, you know, you could see something uh, happening out there. And the big thing is, I, I think now you, you're going to see something happening. It's not just talk and everything. And that's where, you know, people were you know, getting a little frustrated and getting back to that appreciation of asset management and everything. Now I can, I can see people coming together because we have, you know, what looks like the money to uh, this for this new vision. Well, I certainly admire your patience and that of others who plan and design and ultimately build these projects because uh, it just takes time. So it, it takes time, and I can't, you know, uh, emphasize enough. You know, this is uh, what you know we mean about the relationship and collaboration and everything because you know you got to go at it together. You can't go at it singularly. Yeah, well said. Well, thank you, Eric. Um, I appreciate your insight on this and good luck with the project. Well, thanks a lot, Jeff. Again, I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and others about this uh, exciting uh, opportunity I had. Thank you again, Eric. Stay tuned. I'll be back with State Representative Carol Glanville after this. Did you know Newton's first law of motion states that a body in motion will continue moving at the same speed and same direction, while the second law states that an object acted upon by the force will undergo... Wait, I thought this was a snowplow safety message. It is, which is why this is relevant. Don't you think that's complicating things just a bit? Not at all. A snowplow weighs 17 times more than your average car. Right, and snowplows tend to travel at slower than posted speeds. So the third law states that action and reaction are equal and opposite. I think it's easier just to remind motorists to give plows the room they need to do their jobs. Follow at a safe distance and don't drive into snow clouds. Things like that. Well, if you're going to make it that simple, why don't you just say don't crowd the plow? Great idea. Stay safe this winter. Don't crowd the plow. That's it? Yeah, that's it. Welcome back. As promised. The second segment of this podcast is going to feature Representative Carol Glanville, who represents the city of Walker, uh, part of the west side of Grand Rapids as well. And before joining the State House of Representatives, she was a city commissioner in Walker. And one of the things that she's long been a proponent of, an advocate for, is an improved interchange uh, at Fruit Ridge Avenue and I-96, as you heard explained by MDOT Grand Region Engineer Eric Kind. This has been long in the making, uh, required a lot of patience from a lot of people. But thanks to some uh, bipartisan support in the legislature and the advocacy of Representative Glanville, we got very good news this week uh, that $25 million is included in a supplemental appropriation to get this thing over the finish line. So congratulations and thank you for taking time to be here. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's 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 a very exciting project, and I'm happy to be able to um, share with your listeners, you know, what we got going on and, and how it all came to be. Talk about why this was uh, particularly important to you. I mean, it's it's about a lot of things, right? Economic development, uh, yep. commuters, congestion, uh, serves a, a lot of different business interests, agricultural, manufacturing. But, but uh, how did this particularly become important to you? Well, the one thing you didn't mention in there is trails. 
Um, and so I, uh, a few years back, I was the president of our local trail group here in the city of Walker. And uh, we've been working to connect, build this connection um, between uh, the White Pine and the Muscatawa um, trails there. And um, this will finish that portion off and just pull everything together regionally as a trail. And so um, when we were first working on that proposal uh, through the city, um, this was before I was even a commissioner. I was writing letters of support um, as we were working on a federal grant. So um, to pull in that piece of um, the non-motorized transportation that's going to be served as well by the connection there. Um, so really excited that yeah. that piece fell into place I, as well. I, I am sorry I didn't throw that in the mix because I did talk to Eric about mm -hmm. that and the fact that there would be room for mm -hmm. non-motorized paths along the, the newly built bridge. And uh, I've, I've ridden out there several times myself, so I know exactly what you're talking about and how that connection would help because both those trails, Muscatawa and White Pine, are heavily used and some great outdoor assets. So, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's sure. an important point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, I've, I mean, I've seen people drive riding their bikes. And I've ridden my bike over that bridge. Um, probably not my smartest life choice, but <laughs> live to tell the story. So, yeah, well, talk about um you know, how did you work to get your your colleagues, some of whom are very new uh, and, you know, we're in the first month mm -hmm. of the new term mm -hmm. to quickly understand why this was important and, and why it would be helpful? Yeah. So, um, you know, when I came in, um, you know, in the special election last year, um, late May, um, we didn't have a chance to really talk about it during the budget cycle for June. But when we were looking at a supplemental this fall, you know, I brought it right to leadership right away, um, you know, shared it with Joe Tate, uh, who was then the approach chair. And um, of course, we didn't move on a supplemental last year. So it was still top of mind. I'd been working with um, M.MEDC, um, the Local folks here, local leadership, the GR Chamber, uh, Walker City um, folks, you know, to continue moving this forward. And so when we had the opportunity, you know, I was able to explain to my colleagues that this is not just it sounds like a Walker project, but it is a regional. It has huge regional impact um, because we've had such substantial um, economic growth right in that particular area within a two mile radius, you know, including a Michigan State Police post that uses that bridge, you know, a secondary access. Um, and of course, all the economic development there, industrial growth. Um, this has become, you know, really a commuter crossover. It serves Nuego County, Muskegon County, Ottawa County, and Kent County. So it's not just this local project for us, but getting folks into and out of Grand Rapids, particularly as we continue to expand north and west. So I think they saw the value in that and they were willing to vote yes. Yeah, I think uh, going to that point just last month, uh, December, I think there was new construction announced of another 200,000 square foot industrial facility right there at the interchange, um, some 30 acres. Some of that is is wetlands, but that's the kind of thing that's been going on out there for a long time as the city of Walker has been, you know, really forward thinking and aggressive about developing industrial parks and taking advantage of the, the freeway access. Something else that always interests me and people around the state might not know why this is called Fruit Ridge Avenue, but the ridge is uh, an incredibly powerful fruit growing uh, region in our, in our state and, and among the tops in the country, really. They produce like a billion dollars or a billion pounds of apples. They're sold in 32 states and 18 countries on the ridge. So yeah. um, knowing what how Fruit Ridge got its name and why it's still such an important north-south corridor probably matters in all of this. So what are you looking forward to, uh, you know, when you're out there to, to cut a ribbon and, 
and okay. see in terms of quality of life advantages. Well, you know, it's just going to be huge. I especially said that that whole piece with the trail. Um, this is also a main corridor to our local school district, Kennewa Hills High School and Middle School are across the highway on, on that northern side. And so all the bus traffic, all the kiddos driving to school, you know, as the young drivers, this you have to understand visually if people, you know, who don't know the bridge to understand the to appreciate the impact. Um, it's a five lane road coming from the south and it's a five lane road coming from the north and the bridge is two lanes. So it's a complete choke point, and it was designed at a time when they were doing, you know, the way that it's designed for the off-ramps from the highway create a real um, safety hazard as well because they don't align with the existing intersection. They were doing them at that time so that they were kind of these off-ramps that just kind of merged into the local lo road rather than coming to the intersection. Um, so it's really, in terms of quality of life, it's going to improve, you know, commute for folks. It's going to be far safer designed um, and really just promote, you know, easier access to the whole area. So, so it's, you it's a win, win, win. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you never know if you're finished until you are. And mm -hmm. when you were letting uh, folks back home know late yesterday that uh, mm -hmm. this this had finally been achieved, well, it must have been really nice sharing that news. It was. Yeah, it was really exciting. I mean, everybody, we were just thrilled. I was kind of sitting on pins and needles because I knew much earlier in the day that it was um, going to be going through. Um, but I, you know, couldn't couldn't announce it until, you know, we do actually take the vote. So it was pretty late last night, around 830. Um, and then we were able to release the news and got a lot of great positive feedback. I've been happy to share it with my trail folks and they're just thrilled. Um, you know, a lot of local people are making, uh, you know, all kinds of positive comments and so I think, yeah, everybody, this is one of those projects I'm sure we'll we'll hear the, about the headaches when we actually start doing it, but <laughs> because it is such a popular route. But uh, at the same time, it's one of those things that everybody is just relieved. Um, you know, there's no detractors on this one. So it's it's great to just get it across the finish line and be able to do something really good, not just for, you know, the city, but for the region. Yeah, it's 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 a you know highly visual area, so I would hope mm -hmm. um, you're right. There's always frustrations when you take away something for a while, you know, the, okay. the short-term pain. But I would hope being able to see the progress because it'll be, you mm -hmm. know, so out in the open that that'll that'll keep people's patience alive at least for the, the construction period. Sure. Well, and I'm sure Walker, they do a real good job of communicating with the public. So I'm sure they'll do, you know, have the the renderings available and everything, so folks really understand, you know, the impact of this and what it's going to look like when it's done and it's really they said it's going to also kind of direct folks back into the community um, because it will re really be a welcoming center i mean a welcoming place to get off the highway you know it'll draw a lot more attention to what's there that i think a lot of folks you know who are driving by on 196 or 96 you know they don't necessarily pay attention to it too much um, until they need to get off there <laughs> so yeah you know eric eric kind the region engineer mentioned what a great partner the city has been over the years and uh yeah. that's it's uh, there's there's a number of things that i know mdot has done in partnership including the roundabouts and remembrance road and it's uh, yeah. it's always been been a great collaboration oh is there anything else you want to say about this or does that kind of cover it no i think that covers it he said it's just it's just one of those projects like i said it's it's a great project that um you know it's been needed for a long time and it's going to really elevate the community in many, many ways. So I'm thrilled that we were able to get it through and get it through um, early this year so we can get started on it. Yeah, well, congratulations again. Oh, thanks so much, Jeff. I appreciate it. I'd like to thank you once more for tuning in to Talking Michigan Transportation. 
You can find show notes and more on Apple Podcasts or Buzzsprout. I also want to acknowledge the talented people who help make this a reality each week, starting with Randy Debler, who skillfully edits the audio, Jesse Ball, who proofs the content, Courtney Bates, who posts the podcast to various platforms, and Jackie Salinas, who transcribes the audio to make it accessible to all. 